Before we dive into the episode, I want to talk about my company, Virtual Assistant Staffing Agency. We do exactly what it says. We staff virtual assistants for business owners wishing to scale. Whether you need help with administrative assistance, bookkeeping, cold calling, content creation, data entry, lead generation, or even social media management, we can hire the perfect virtual assistant for your team. And the best part, it's only around $4 an hour. If you're interested in learning more, head over to our website, www.vastaffing.agency and book your demo call. Now, on to the show. What is up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Entrepreneurism Podcast. I have a very special guest today, Forbes Riley. Forbes is an award-winning TV talk show host, a best-selling author and a business coach, and has $2.5 billion, that's with the B, dollars in product sales. Forbes, how's it going? It's always great because you don't really care if it's not, do you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right, what can I do? You know what? I actually like to tell people I'm fine. You know what fine stands for? What does it stand for? Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. But hey, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, if, if your wife or your fiance or your girlfriend ever says I'm fine, something's wrong. So <laughs> before I appreciate you coming on the show. Before we dive into your story and how you got to where you're at today, uh, there's always this first question I ask. What is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? You know, I think that's an interesting question. I didn't grow up with any money. So money has had a very interesting relationship to me my whole life and i honestly i've been thinking about that as, even as you said it every time i spend money i don't regret it ever i have taken massive risks and it has always worked out it's like saying every relationship that you're ever in good bad or indifferent i firmly believe life happens for you not to you mm -hmm. so i'm never going to admit that anything was dumb i, I really can't I, I invested my entire, my, I mortgaged my house and my kids' education on my fitness product. Everybody said that was the stupidest thing you could do. 2.2 million of these sold later, not so dumb. Right. So dumb is in the eye of the beholder. Right. No, I think that's key. And, and I, I love that approach because one, it's an interesting response to the question, but two, it's understanding that, that life is going to occur. Things are going to happen. If you make a dumb purchase, what can you learn from that? And I think that's the key of always looking at the positive side of it. I actually teach this. This is what's such a fascinating thing. I've actually taken kids into a department store. I won't say what name, like Neiman Marcus or Saks, but anyway, and I said, look at the sandals that I'm wearing. Turn over those sandals. $1,299 for those sandals. Mine, $12.99 at Payless. I said, excuse <laughs> me, help me understand why people would spend something on that. That's that's dumb. I once dumb. bought a, I once Hey, maybe girl, come and come say hi. This is my beautiful entrepreneurial daughter, McKenna. You we're on a podcast live. At the yeah, moment. on a podcast interview. How's it going? No, no, but that's okay. <laughs> I love you. By the way, you need to have her on your show. 18 years old. She just crossed over seven figures. Just finished wow. graduating high school on her own. Wow. We'll get that scheduled. Women you will ever. She's not a woman. She's a little girl. My baby. Smartest chicks you will ever meet in your life. So says people like Bradley and Les Brown. Uh, a mind she's been making. Well, Russell Brunson shouted her out from stage at 10X in front of 10,000 people. She is an unbelievable mind and she runs my company at the moment. So there wow. you go. Yeah, we'll, anyway, we'll get so that schedule. So I'm not gonna talk about how dumb my expenses are because I don't do things like that. Mm -hmm. I literally, I look and I, I walk through and a pair of Louboutin shoes are $900. I'm sorry, paint the bottom of your shoes red if it means that much to you. Because I made a firm belief that nothing over $100. I don't buy pocketbooks over $100 or shoes, why? Because I could take the $12,000 you're spending on a Birkin and give it to a kid who's hungry. So I don't believe in making stupid purchases. I really don't. I'm very, very smart about what I purchase. I will tell you, though, I did get something interesting. I just came back from Dubai. I had a huge launch of crypto. I am a very diverse entrepreneur. And they purchased for me 
a solid gold credit card. This card wow. is worth, they, it, it costs $35,000. It has four diamonds in it. Wow. I can buy up to $50 million of anything I want. That's my limit on this card. Um, I think that's a dumb purchase. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think- Hey, we won't tell anybody. We won't tell anybody. This card right over here. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I don't know what you could get for buying a credit card that has not $35,000 worth of credit on it. So it's a good two ounces of gold. I think Brad's gonna be very impressed by this. I don't know if he's got one of these, but it's a funny thing that people spend their money on that is not wise. I, however, every dollar matters to me, more or less. Love it. I love it. No, I'm a big believer in that as well. I mean, the t-shirt I'm wearing, I wear t-shirts and gym shorts every single day when I work. This is from Gap. My favorite t-shirts in the world are from Target and they're $6. Because um, I don't need to impress someone because I have a logo on my t-shirt. I'm going to impress people by me, by who I am and what I stand for. And I believe that's who you are as well. But let's dive into your story because you, when I asked that question, you mentioned I didn't grow up with money, right? And I think that's such a, that's a mindset shift going from someone without money to having money and having that mindset of how many sports players do you see that don't have money? They get money and they blow it because it's a mindset. They don't know how to protect it. They don't know how to use it to make more money. So what was that mindset shift like? How did you get into the mindset of, okay, now I have money, I have abundance and I'm going to take care of it. You know, money and I have had a very wicked relationship my whole life. And as you're saying this, even though I have investments, I own a television studio and homes, I'm not the best at money. I have managers who do that. I oversee it, I think. And I, that's probably the worst subject to talk to me about because I, I have a thought about your t-shirt though, that there is a thing about luxury that you should enjoy that has taken me a while to figure out because my mom would buy 10 $1 t-shirts and never a uh, $1 t-shirt. And I remember a time when I popped a $100 t-shirt. Well, you know what? The material actually was different. It actually felt different and I felt different in it. And there's a thing about luxury, there's a thing about coming to a certain level of, I no longer think about money at a certain level because right. I have X amount of it. But I wasn't any happier when I didn't have it than when I have at it. I mean, there's things that you can do that make you happier, but I'll tell you what, in my 20s, I decided I wanted to scuba dive and live a life of James Bond, so I ended up working at Club Med. I made $15 a day, but I'm living in exotic locations, scuba diving two to three times a day, learning how to snow ski, water ski, windsurf, sky surf, and having dinner with the most amazing people. You know, what is your time worth? And I traveled around Europe with a backpack, and I read Europe on $20 a day and thought, all right, I just started my first feature film, got a little cash, but I was always really cautious about it. So the truth is I can't give advice when it comes to money, but I will tell you, having it now and being able to use it and leverage it. So I never know. See, I do come from a world where I don't know where it's all going to come from. I think it's abundant. I've always made money. I've always made lots of it. That's the crazy thing about it. But I've always been kind of weary about spending it because then you don't have it again. So you have to have a, a way to continually right. generate it. The most unhappy, and this is crazy, that I was ever, I had just won the Miss Teenage New York pageant. And my dad's been in the hospital for three years. I mean, I know what it's like to have zero money. And I win $500 to buy clothes to go to this pageant. And I had the weirdest reaction because as soon as I bought the first outfit, I'm like, oh shit, I only have 350 left. And it was not the way you're supposed to be happy about money. So I actually went in, I ended up working for a billionaire and that was a very smart thing out of college. And I remember this one moment when Mrs. Grace said to me, you need to get Louis Vuitton out of the trunk. And I said, who's in the trunk? And she said, oh, you'll learn. And I said, oh, you're right. And I did, I learned a lot. I learned the value. 
I learned that things don't have much of a value, but I am living in a multi-million dollar house with a multi-million dollar television studio down the street. So don't get me wrong. There's this crazy wicked balance. Mm-hmm. And, and I will tell you that you do need to get educated. So I'm in a certain tax bracket. Do you know, I've been driving the same car. I'm happy with cars. I don't really care. Don't tell Bradley I said that. But <laughs> I'm looking at what my next car is going to be. And I've been told that I need to buy an X amount of expensive type car. Because if I don't, that amount gets paid in taxes to the government. So I'm going to advise you, whoever you are, get educated about what money does, how to earn mm-hmm. more of it, what compound interest is, what investments are, what crypto are, yada, yada, yada. And then let it go. I don't play the stock market. I could. I don't have the time. I'm too busy being creative and living the most wonderful life ever. So you only have the same 24 hours in a day. Focus where it is, but also reach up your hand and money is always there. The last thing I'll give you, whenever you use your credit card, I have to say this to myself. There's more where this came from. Whenever you put your credit card out, if you're going to invest, invest in yourself, go to coaches and training and mentorship. There's more where this came from. And there's always been enough. If you don't believe that is, then there won't be. Well, I think there's an abundance mindset as well of knowing, hey, you know, I'm going to obviously take care of care of this. I'm not going to be done with it, but I'm also going to understand that I'm spending a thousand, 10,000, a million. I will get that back. I think now it's going to be challenge you though. So I'm looking at you in your, in your orange t-shirt. Now you're talking to some pretty heavy hitters. Is that the look for you? Is that the energy? That this is the to- look, this is the look. And it, cause, cause I'm really big on, I'm, I'm big on comfort and I'm okay. big on, I don't need to impress anybody. I believe in me. I believe in who I stand for and what I stand for. And I agree, right? The luxury and and taking care of yourself and treating, I, I get that. Celebrating the wins, take care of yourself, do things like that. Um, but I also think is don't do that to be somebody you're not. So for me, this is me. So that that's what I believe in is like, if I'm going to- Well, but hang on a second. What does that mean that's you? This is me. My, my definition of who I am is saying that I'm going to wear what I want to my comfort level to feel the confidence that I need to feel to be able to perform in my day-to-day life of being a husband, being a dad, being a business owner, uh, being a Christian, being a son, being a brother, et cetera. So that's what I believe. Now, if I'm going to splurge on something, you know, I have hobbies. I like to work out. I'll spend a lot of money on supplements. I love reading. I'll do, spend uh, you want, do you want to meet somebody who's going to win? Mr. I was actually Mr. looking at your Instagram. I, I know your husband is a, is a bodybuilder, so I'll have uh, to get more, some tips and tricks. More than a bodybuilder, actually, and he's in the other room. He's actually going for Mr. Olympia next week. Wow. After a horrific motorcycle accident where he lost everything last year. Wow. He uh, was crushed. He crushed his foot. His body lost all of his weight. He was on crutches and he's in the other room. And I think you'll be, if I can get his attention, um, I'll have him pop in because I think that you might be impressed. And he actually doesn't wear any clothes because that's his most impressive. There you go. That's him. I know. Is that crazy? <laughs> Joshua, come here. For, it's just very funny. It's our standing joke. We have to save enough money to take a fund up to buy Joshua a shirt because he never wears one. <laughs> But yeah, come here. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Hey, hey, baby, I want you to come say hi to somebody who loves working out. And I thought you just get a kick out of it. I'm doing it. I'm doing actually on air on a podcast with him at the moment. Come sit for one second. Say hi to Brady. Oh, look, you're right. He doesn't wear shirts. No, I wasn't kidding. <laughs> I don't think he owns hi, a shirt. Brady. Hey, Josh, how's it going, man? I'm good, you. Good. So I hear you're competing. About, yeah, you're competing? Yes, I am. Yes, so you're, you're in, is, you say next week or next month? It's next, it's next, this coming Wednesday. Okay, so you're in peak week. Pretty much. So we were talking about Brady and clothes. And he says he wears his shirt. He feels comfortable. It's who he is. How do, our gardener just showed up. How do you feel about clothes making a person? Because you splurge on clothes, don't you? I do. I like, I think if you feel good in clothes, 
then you feel more respected Mm -hmm. you feel prouder about yourself and with those two two keys you feel you feel like a great man you know but daddy you spend a lot of money on clothes um i want gym clothes i do um usually i'm always in gym clothes but actually you know i'm gonna let you take this seat for a second i'm gonna ask my gardener to not blow right back here so you sit here just one second sit up I know, I know you're tired, and I know you just got back from working out, but I think Brady might get a, a fitness tip or two while we're here as a side. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll switch this over to, to Josh. But no, in, in what we were talking about is, you know, for me, we, we were talking, the first question I asked Forbes was, what's the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? And a lot of people will say, you know, I spent money trying to impress people. Hers was, I never made a dumb purchase because I know what I'm doing and I, I'm learning from that. Now, it kind of segued into this conversation of, you know, this shirt right here, this t-shirt, it's from Gap. It's just an orange plain t-shirt. Um, but why do I like wearing t-shirts that are plain and cheap? Because this is me. I, I, I believe what you're saying of when, when you feel good in what you're wearing, there's that certain level of confidence that can exude from you because of that. I have confidence wearing stuff like this. And it's kind of weird. I had a meeting yesterday with um, the CEO of Kirkland. So Kirkland's is a big decor store here in Tennessee, which is where I'm located. Had a meeting with him and his CFO about some business we're doing. And I had to dress up and I felt uncomfortable because I don't do that. So for me, it's- Wait, wait, wait. What did you dress up in? Yesterday, I wore a pair of khakis. I wore a golf shirt and I wore some Cole Hans. And not super dressed up to where I'm wearing, you know, a suit and whatnot, but it was still uncomfortable to me because for, for me, I like wearing this gym shorts and a pair of Nikes and I'll wear that everywhere. I'll wear it to the gym. I'll you have to make a whole lot of money because that's what Mark Zuckerberg does. When you earn that exactly. That's what I'm going to say because I met, I met David Geffen before, if you know who David Geffen mm-hmm. is. David Geffen. From Geffen Records. And he, he runs around in a pair of jeans and t-shirts. But he can afford to do that because he has all the money in the world. <laughs> and I and I agree. Knowing knowing your audience, right? If if I'm gonna go, you know, for instance, the meeting with him yesterday, I already know this guy, the CEO of Kirkland, so I don't have to wear a suit. We've you know gone and got drinks together, etc. If I was going to have a meeting with David Geffen, yeah, I'm gonna wear a suit. I, I think there's a there's a fine line between being comfortable, but also you have to know your audience. Right. I know my audience when I'm working at home and I'm, I'm meeting clients, et cetera, that that's me. If I'm meeting someone who I want to impress because of potential business deal or relationship, et cetera, of course, I'm going to play the part because there is that level of confidence of, okay, I'm dressed for the people that are in the room with me that I'm trying to um, get in with. So I, I think there's a fine line. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, what are you comfortable in? What are you confident in? And I think above all else, it's don't try to impress people that. Well, I'm, I'm in a different category because I, because I work on my physique on mm-hmm. a daily basis. So I'm very proud of myself and I look a lot different than most people do. So I'll wear a tight shirt just because I know I look good and I look better than everybody else. So. Exactly. <laughs> hey, it's the oh, truth. Was- it's, it's the truth. I mean, and, and the thing about it is, is, you know, Josh is here without a shirt on. If I had my shirt off right now, that I'm not comfortable with that. And I, don't and I know think anybody on the planet that should ever walk around without a shirt on except you, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, I know you're really tired, baby. I gotta eat. I know, I know, babe. It's okay. Go. Okay. Hey, it's nice meeting you. <laughs> nice meeting you, Josh. Thanks for the guest appearance. It's it's a bit funny in my life because we are in my home, and he doesn't, you know, and it's funny because he he just looks a certain way. It looks amazing, and mm-hmm. you're like, all right, you don't need to wear clothes because that is impressive. And so I'll tell you what, it's an interesting conversation. 
to have. And so we should probably move on from that. We now talked about style and I don't know what we got out of it. It was cool. But, um, I, but I think too, Forbes, it, it's, it's being unapologetically you. And I think that's something that you're also very good. At. I can see in your energy. I can see it by the way you conduct yourself, bringing your daughter and bringing your, bringing Josh in and saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is me. I, I'm, I love my family. I know what I'm talking about. I have this gold credit card, but <laughs> no, but, but that's the thing is, is I, I think with entrepreneurship and business, especially with social media, and, and I, I think everybody knows this, people try to be somebody they're not. And I'm really big on, I am going to unapologetically be me. That's all I care I, about. So I'm actually me. impressed when you come on my podcast, we'll talk about this, about how you got to this at this age. How old are you? 25. Yeah, so it's kind of exciting to see how you got this sense of self-confidence. That's actually more what's important to me, not what you wear, but how do you get to a certain age? Because when I was 25, I was not that. I was not like you. I had my own issues, and I actually teach now people how to get more confident. Because one of the problems is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet you probably had good parents, yes? I did. Great parents. Great parents. Yeah, you know what? You're, you're about like 5% of the population. I'm lucky, and I tell myself that. You know, I am lucky that I have parents. I'm lucky that I grew up where I grew up. You know, you, you see people who, and this is, I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but, you know, you're lucky to live in the United States. I don't think that's the case. I think you're lucky to live in certain parts of the United States. If well, you grew actually, up in just, Let me tell you something. I don't care where you grew up. I will tell you, you're lucky if you have two people who love, love you growing up. Mm-hmm. And that... I coach, I do a lot of in-depth things and most everyone's issue comes from mom and dad. Rape, molestation, hurting, drunk, hitting. I can go down the list of things that I'm gonna say you and I did not experience. Right. And so most of what's going on right now is people trying to cope with stuff in their closet or baggage that's weighing them down because their memories are so horrible. And I spent a lot of time throughout my life and I'm a lot older than you, which is kind of interesting, like two times, two and a half times older than you. That means I've lived a lot. That life of experience is everything. I mean, I wish you a long, amazing life with your family. It's the coolest thing in the world. But if you springboard off something that's wonderful, it's easier. If you haven't, there's actually ways to fix your brains. There's ways to get over trauma. There's mm-hmm. ways to take out memories because I have this whole philosophy, get this, that memories aren't real. How does that resonate with you? Such it's a- interesting, right? And, and you know, I, for one, the one side of me is, Yes, they are real. It happened. But on the other side of it is it already happened. No, 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 no. Let's go back to it happened. It didn't happen. And it didn't happen the way you remember it. Because odds are if you're four years old, you were four years old. Talk to your, you have kids, right? They don't, the moon is green. What do they know? You make decisions about things. If you and I saw the exact same thing, we both experienced Joshua sitting here. You have a very different memory of that than I do. And if we both told that story, Mm -hmm. two different stories, but same moment. And then based on that, we also have decisions about the memory we think we have. And I will tell you what, that's the problem. Memories are not real. Is that it, you, because it happened, it fired a neuron. If you were you know, excited or being hold, held up at gunpoint when my mom was in the house, tough memories. Um, and you store that somewhere. And then it gets old and gets distorted the more times you tell it or don't tell it. Mm-hmm. It becomes a trigger. It's not what we think it is. And so when I have people tell me the story of their life or whatever moment we're talking about, you can, in your brain, get this. Your brain, to me, is a lot like your computer screen. If I brought up a file that said high school, what pops up in your head? Photos, memories, people, right? All these things in a file, in a folder marked high school. Then meeting your wife, another folder. Having this interview, another folder. Well, on your screen, you can move those around, can't you? On your screen, you can put one folder behind another. You don't even see it. You know it's there, technically, but you don't have to see it. Every time you think about something, it bumps into something else. So, for example, one of my clients had her father murdered over a drug deal, right? 
Every time she thinks of father, boom, it just gets her upset. Every single time. 40 years later, she's still getting upset because the trigger's been embedded. The file is right there on her computer screen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that we can, with techniques that I've created, you can take that file and move it right behind, right behind a file of her favorite TV dad. And this is a funny thing. And you do this whole thing, whether you believe in hypnosis or not, it's crazy that it works. And so now what happens is when she thinks of father, the, the neurons go boom. They don't really get to the murder part. They just get to, oh, Dr. Huxtable was really fun and it was great. And she starts laughing about that. She can't find this because we haven't, you don't see it anywhere. That makes your life better because now you're writing your future, not from your past, but you're writing your future today. And if you do not do this, I'll tell you what, if you've ever seen, I can make people cry like this. They'll bring up some memory. Like, why are you holding on to that? Why do you have a 50 pound bowling ball attached to your neck and you drag it everywhere into every new relationship? And every time you actually can cut the chains of that and life is so much freer. And that is part of the work that I don't talk a lot about. I'm talking more and more about it because I'm very big on Clubhouse. I don't know if you saw that a magazine mm -hmm. came out called Wealth Insider. I'm number two behind Glenn Lundy and as an influencer on Clubhouse. Now, that's a relative statement. There's a lot of people making an impact. But I do a training every Saturday and we do breakthroughs and we do a lot of work that's changing people's lives because what happens doesn't have to be what's happening. And I get the same reaction every time, Brady. You know what people say? They look at me like this going, oh my God, I feel so much lighter. Mm -hmm. What does lighter mean? Does lighter mean the opposite of that? You were walking down with the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I am loving life right now because of the amount of people that I am affecting. Do, do you think that comes down to environment? Surround yourself with the things that are working for you rather than against you? Oh, it's everything. You know, your environment is you talking to yourself. Let's get real. Your self-talk is the most destructive thing you've got. Telling yourself what you can and cannot do on a regular basis. Understanding, I'm, I have a fear of success. Really? Well, then you're never going to experience any. I have a fear of failure. Well, then you're going to be too scared to try. And every time I hear the word I am, I question going, well, why? Why are you that? I'm a klutz, I'm this, I'm lazy. Okay, tell yourself that, your subconscious hears it, you believe it and it makes your actions come true. Yep. Those things are all changeable. And environment is just part of it. The environment that you grew up with, the environment you create for yourself, how you perceive your own life, what you think about on a daily basis, all of that makes you a successful or not so successful person. And then get this, what the heck is successful? Brady, you define success one way, someone else defines it another way, and most people define it by looking at someone else and thinking they're not them, therefore they're not yeah. what? Successful. Right. So I think, I think too, right, kind of going back to it, it's almost like your identity, who you believe you are, because you know that they have these stories of people who, you know, smoking, for instance, they say smoking is very hard to quit unless you change your identity of saying, I am a non-smoker. I don't smoke. And for some reason, when you tell yourself that your subconscious is saying, you're right, we don't need that. So it's easier to quit. So you're saying when you can change your identity and really come to terms with who you are, what your definition of success is, who you want to be, that's where you can begin to remove those burdens from your life and focus on what actually matters. So I created a little fitness product. Here it is over here. Uh, a number of years ago, right? I created my spin gym. I'm sure you've heard about it. So a couple of million of these. Walking through the park very early on and I run into a girl sitting in a wheelchair. She's 13 years old. She's got cerebral palsy. Her name is Christine. 
And I just have visions for people. And I, she could hardly move her arms. I got her to spin gym. We were there for about three hours in the park. I videotaped it, one of the coolest moments of my life intersecting with hers. And I've been in her life for the last nine years. Christine is sitting in a wheelchair, pretty much unable to move with this ridiculously stupid smile on her face. Like always had a smile, like she's always happy. And it was like, wait, what is wait? She's like, and by the way, when she sees me, she's even happier. Like she busts out of her. And so, but always happy. And I look at Christine thinking, you're never, you, how, do you, how do you get to be this happy? On my worst day ever is better than your best day ever. And yet you're happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And she just has instilled in me this sense of that she's here, that she's got God, she's got life, she's got her mom, she's got friends. Do you know my belief in that little girl? Because her dad walked out on her when she was born because she thought there was something wrong with her. And I loved on her so much that she graduated college, high school, valedictorian of her class. And she knows that I was a beauty pageant person. And you're like, oh, a kid in a wheelchair. How, let me tell you something. 2019, she won Miss Wheelchair Florida and ended up going to Miss Wheelchair USA. Wow. And I, and she said something to me because it's okay to take life for granted. You know, if you have a broken leg and I have a splinter and my splinter really hurts, it's my splinter, right? It's just how life is. You cannot feel the pain of the entire world every day. You never get out of bed. You can feel yours and you can work to make it better. And so she said to me one day, I said, Forbes, you're the most successful person I know. And I'm like, really? Is it because I'm on TV and because I've got this and that? I'm thinking, yeah. She's like, no. She says, because you can walk across a floor, a stage, a room in high heel shoes, and I never will. I tell a story of when I got to Los Angeles. It was a big party. And I'm very shy. I'm a very introverted extrovert. You put me in the center of attention. I can talk and teach all you want. You let me into my own devices and I'm actually pretty withdrawn and kind of, and I'm not picking up the phone and doing these things. I'm a little shy. And I like, I am enjoying that. It's funny that I just said, don't tell you what you are, but it makes me physically uncomfortable in certain social environments. I've always known that. And when I got to Hollywood, I got my first car. I think I had a yellow Toyota. It was so cool. I bought it with my own money. And I pull up to this big Hollywood party and a valet, I could see the expression on his face. I'm very, I feel things from people. And he made me feel kind of bad because I know he just parked the Rolls and the Bugatti and the Maserati. And I'm like, okay. So it was like, didn't make me feel great, right? I go to the party and I look around at this Beverly Hills party and everybody there, Brady, is thinner, richer, more powerful and more beautiful than I am. Everybody. And I just knew it because there's Julia Roberts, there's George, everybody there was richer, famer, thinner and more popular than I was. I don't drink, so I couldn't numb my emotions. And I remember standing there for a little while. I didn't know who to talk to or what to do but I got more and more uncomfortable because I wasn't successful and I knew it and I left and I left. The problem with leaving is that did I miss out on a TV producer? Did I miss out meeting my husband? Did I miss out on meeting a a great guy? My teaching along the way, one of my favorite acting professors said, here's the biggest lesson you're ever going to learn. I was like, what? He's like, just show up. And when Christine said that I was the most successful person that she knows, I walk into every room since that moment happened and I just know how successful I am because I'm here. Because I don't have a breathing tube, because I can wear high heel shoes. Not all the things that I've accomplished, those are nice, that's icing on the cake. But I don't need anyone to tell me, like you said, who I am. I'm pretty confident because she said I am. How crazy is that? It's powerful, right? Because I, I, like you said, you know, it's, it's not bad to take life for granted. Right. You might say, hey, you know, my foot hurts, but someone can't walk. But when you see the fact that the being grateful to have simple things in your life that you probably did take for granted, like parents, 
and having people that love you and having the opportunity to be at that party, having a car, having people acknowledge you and building confidence inside of you because of that, it, that, that is something that is very powerful, but I don't think it comes easy for a lot of people. I think a lot of people struggle to build confidence within themselves because they think, like you were saying, thinner, more beautiful, more powerful, richer, et cetera. So how, how do you get out of that mindset? Because not everybody is going to go through that life-changing moment like you have. How, oh, how I hear, you- well, here's all you need. You just need a mirror. And we got a mirror in your house, mirror in your bathroom. Here's what you want to do. Here. Yeah, I know. So one of the things is a girlfriend of mine has these things called neuro tools. It's pretty funny. Put your hand together here. Go, I am. I am what? I'm amazing. I'm wonderful. I'm happy. I can. I can do anything I set my mind to. I can achieve this. I can finish my book and I will be on time. I will blah, blah. And then you mm-hmm. go, yes. And when you feel stuck, I wish I'd had this years ago. I am. I can. I will. Yes, I am. I can. I will. Yes. You do that enough. And you're like, you know, all right, a little bit of fake it till you make it. And to always be happy. Literally, do not bring your baggage into any room that you go into. But then the next thing is you need to understand that you are not enough. And you never will be because the truth is you are never thin enough or rich enough or as beautiful or famous enough. You're just not. So if you're not and you never will be, then what are you? And I have people look in the mirror and just go, I'm enough. I'm here. And I'll tell you what, you know how you really are enough? Get sick and then realize how much you took your health for granted. And if you say that you're enough, and then I have this thing about permission. I have a little steel card that I actually promote says, I hereby grant you permission to and fill in the blank. Look in the mirror and say, I hereby grant you permission to feel amazing today. I hereby grant you permission to lose those last 15 pounds. I hereby grant you permission to let go of the extra baggage of an ex-husband who's too narcissistic. I hereby grant you permission. And I've come to the conclusion in my life that if you don't give yourself permission, other people don't do that either. But that permission is a key to taking action in life. Because mm-hmm. you know? I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because people tell themselves I'm not enough. You're right. I think if you tell yourselves I never will be enough, thinner, faster, huh. stronger, that's fine. You're right. You're right. coming to terms with, hey, I'm never going to be as rich as Jeff Bezos. I'm So I'm perfectly fine being where I'm at. And but I'm I perfectly that, fine with that. I'm happy with that. So that's, exactly. is that enough? Yes. And then you walk around going, okay, I am enough. What a revelation that exactly. you are enough just the way you are. But I think what's interesting too, kind of a two-sided approach is when people say they're not enough they're then inherently not giving themselves permission to remove that baggage. Bingo. So it's, it's kind of that, that fine line of, Hey, I'm enough to remove this baggage out of my life, but I'm also very happy where I'm at. And I think that's what people have to understand. And you know, what's interesting is, and I actually just saw this today, Mel Robin just came out with a new book called the high five habit, where you look at yourself in the mirror and you give yourself a high five. And I was reading some comments and they were saying, you know, that there's a psychological aspect of that, that when you give yourself permission to celebrate yourself, it's this confidence that builds up inside of you that it's, it's hard to explain. You, you, don't, right. you don't get it. Nobody gets it. Every single morning, I have this journal. It's just like a little app in my phone called Notion, where I tell myself three things that I'm grateful for. It's different every single day. So I'd be, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, I have an eight month old son. I'm grateful for his smile, you know, yep. because it's something that. I'll never get over. But then I tell myself three things that I am. I am capable. What am I capable of? I'm capable of the things that I have fear of right now. And then when you tell yourself that, you're like, okay, it's not that bad. Life could always be worse. You know? It's so smart at 25. This is just awesome to encounter you. It's just, it's interesting because I'm 25, but I feel, 
I still feel behind because I went through that stage. I think everybody goes through the stage online to where they see all these tips and tricks for becoming confident and healthy and wise and wealthy and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And my advice to people who say, okay, I have my routine that works for me. Don't copy somebody else's routine because that's what you're supposed to do. Like try everything out. But what are you going to do that makes you happy, makes you confident, makes you feel like you're doing something? When did people at 20 anything think that they were behind and that they need to catch up to what? You know what I did when I was 20? I took off. First, I went off to Europe for, for six months with a backpack to see all the things that I wanted to see. Because I had this feeling I was going to get so popular that the paparazzi were going to keep me from seeing all those <laughs> things. And that's what I told my mom, right? I knew. And then I just lived my life. There's a thing about go to another country. We're not all trying to be the next whatever. There's a thing to just finding out who you are. Then I mm-hmm. lived around Club Med and I scuba dived every day and I, I played tennis and learned flying trapeze and, and learned to do golf and horseback. I just lived an amazing life. Some, that's all sometimes you want to do. Then I lived in Africa for a while. They don't care about any of this shit. They really don't. How about just life is this gift to be enjoyed? Surround yourself with people like you said. Fall in love with your son's smile because I'll tell you what, he grows up pretty quickly. And that's the greatest thing ever. I've had a beautiful life with my children. Oh my gosh, I would tell them I was so in love with them that every morning I couldn't wait to see their little faces every night, couldn't wait to go. Just find things you feel, stop being so angry. And I don't know that everyone can do that without a coach. I think sometimes you need to bend over and have somebody else kick you out of your own misery and self-doubt because society does a really good job of making you feel bad. They do. And and you know something, Forbes, that that I had to do, because I think, you know, I'm from the South. The South is, hey, take care of everybody else. Make sure everybody else is happy. But that always bugged me because I'm telling myself, I'm saying, I'm trying to do so much for everyone else that I go to bed at night, like hating who I'm becoming because I'm not strong internally. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be physically. I'm not where I want to be mentally. I'm not where I want to be emotionally, financially, intellectually. And I'm not even growing towards that because I'm focused on everybody else. And then I heard some things about Mel Robbins. I actually just discovered Mel Robbins coincidentally on a podcast. You and I are on tour together, by the way. If you go to a thing called www.realsummits.com, there are six top speakers, Mel, myself, Deepak Chopra, Les Brown, Sharon Lecter, and I think Damon John. Love it. Kind of no, good company awesome. I'm keeping. That's, that's a great company. But you know, she said something that said, and this is all kind of happening within a span of a few days. I'm, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. So when I start thinking about something, you know, you start noticing all these signs. So I, I read the one thing, great book. And it said, when you piece yourself together, everything else in your world falls together as well. So I was like, okay, got it. I need to make, I need to take care of myself. Then I was like, okay, it's overwhelming because there's a lot I want to do. I'm 25. I have the energy. I have a family. I have these goals. But then Mel Robbins says, Hey, all life is, is five second decisions. Take care of your life five seconds at a time. I'm like, yeah. okay, got it. So, but that works for me, right? That works for me. That's not going to work for everybody else. So that works for me of saying, okay, I'm not as overwhelmed five seconds at a time. And then uh, the, the whole airplane thing of, Hey, put your oxygen mask on first. So then you can take care of the people around. It's not that you can't, you can, you're just going to be selfish and not take care of people. It's take care of yourself so you can give your full self to people. And now that I'm doing that, I'm way more present with my family. I'm way more present with business. And you know what's crazy is I actually started working less and business is doing better. There you go. And I have more time. And it's weird because I'm nothing feels forced. So I think it's one of those things where everybody's going to go through this journey, figure out what works for you. But above all else, just be happy. Be happy well, and be you can't do what You can't just say that. You can't just say be happy. I do a lot of psychological work on people who have never understand that. Here's what you can do. You can turn off the news for a while 
because no news. I do that. I had to delete social media for a little bit because it's just too much. Right, a little bit of overwhelming. <laughs> That's one of the things that you can do on this journey because the funny thing is the journey is the journey. And I mean, that's kind of crazy, but about a year and two months ago, I met an amazing man. We started a publishing company all based around habits. We launched 300 plus authors to be best-selling authors. Four weeks ago, he texted me not feeling very well. Three weeks ago, he says, I got to find a nurse. I'm, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to shut down the business for a while. Two weeks ago, he died. Oh. I'm not quite sure what happened. I'm really not. Uh, obviously, COVID hit, but doesn't, whatever the reason was. But he didn't expect that to happen. And it's a little eye-opening because we have a lot of people who are expecting a lot of things from us because we set out to do this amazing plan. So I'm, I've never done a three-year, five-year plan. I don't really care. And it kind of solidifies now that I've gotten to this age without one and I'm wildly successful. I mean, I've done things like I, I, I helped start the X Games for ESPN. Did that for a couple of years. I did a national radio show interviewing classic rock stars. I've had talk shows, game shows, 28 years of home shopping. You know, none of that was planned, except that I had a vision. I do believe in an overarching vision for your life. And it never was compared to anyone else. In fact, I don't have role models. I always try to find one. I said, Who's, who is that woman up there who is really well-spoken out there? You know, for a while, I guess it was Oprah. Everyone says Oprah. But you know what? Oprah's not a mom. And I'll tell you something. I've not met Oprah. I would like to. I'd like to have this conversation with her because I raised two kids. I don't care how many dogs you have. You're going to outlive your dogs probably. Hopefully you do not outlive your children. And I got to tell you, no matter what you're doing as a mom, you are always thinking about them. Always. I'm going to start to cry. So you're never your own person again. And so if you don't have kids, Ellen doesn't have kids. Not a bad thing, but it's a lot easier to focus on just you. And then I said, well, so who is the woman that I'm looking up to? And there's not a lot of people in that space. And then I have this whole philosophy. It's very simple. Dream it, believe it, and achieve it. So dreaming it is to really sit down and brainstorm in your head. What do you want? What's bigger? What's next? What, what would make you fulfilled? And to figure, and then, then to write it down, because I'm going to tell you something. Just like I don't need to believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity, but it works. Huh. Gravity doesn't need me to believe in it. Manifestation does not need you to believe in it to work. So you sit down, you cut out a picture of what you want. I'm sure you had a vision of what you wanted your, your, your bride to be. And you'd be surprised how those things come to you. And they've always, I just spent two months in Costa Rica. It was on a vision board I made along with Dubai, which I also just came back from. You're like, I wasn't even really thinking about that anymore. I thought about it, visioned it, put it on the board and went about my life. Wow, that's interesting. My 18 year old will tell you her entire day, every day is about manifestation, how she's getting everything that she wants coming to her, including surfing in El Salvador or something she just wanted. She earned her own money and she did it. And you're like, good for you. She's like, yeah, I just manifested it. Mom, what else do you want? And it's a funny thing you don't always get what you want when you say you want it, because the universe has its own sense of humor, so be careful what you wish for, but in a step-by-step methodical way. And then this believe it part is you telling other people your dreams, telling yourself what you want, and then creating a plan to go get whatever that is, and then go get it, because finishing is happiness. Mm -hmm. You had said you wanted this, this, you know, finish one of those things. Get the book out, get the course out, meet the person, fall in love, go on vacation, just not all today. One thing at a time. Yes, that's how you eat an elephant. You eat them one bite at a time. And when you come to understand that, I talk to people, I coach a lot of people. I teach like 40 hours a week right now. And a lot of people come to me, ask, what do you want? Well, I, you know, I, I want to finish this book and then I've got another idea for other three books and I want to be doing it. You know what? The universe is a lot like Grubhub. Hey, Grubhub, yes, ma'am, what do you want? Uh, here, what do you want? Uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm hungry. That's nice, ma'am, what do you want? I want, I want food. You know, what do you want? I don't want a hamburger, I had that yesterday. 
They hang up on you because you've refused to tell them. What they just want to know what you wanted. All right? <laughs> and I've seen people at a menu do that. They spend like, I'm like, this is your last meal? Just pick something. Well, the universe is a lot like that. And Brady, it's a funny thing. You should really keep an eye on your kid because up until the age of about four, they seem to have a connection to something before them. You know, where were they before they were born? Just think about it, right? One of the best stories I ever heard, I was a uh, four-year-old. They bring home a new baby, uh, his baby sister, standing at the doorway of the bedroom. He walks over to his baby sister and he says, hey, can you tell me about God? I'm starting to forget. I thought, oh, it's not funny that we're connected to the universe and do we get further and further away as we get older and we get distracted and we're worried about all these things. We're not thinking about universal vibrations. We're not thinking about manifestation. We're not thinking about our imprint on the world. We get very odd about the little things we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I am a fanatic about manifesting things. In fact, so much so, we call it Forbesing it. What have you Forbes, Forbes lately? Well, because manifesting something, especially when no one else thinks it's possible, there's no word for that. So I call it Forbesing it. What have you Forbes lately? What have you created in spite of everyone else saying no? I'd love getting no's. You know what no means? Never-ending opportunity. You ask the wrong person the wrong question. Mm -hmm. And that's what entrepreneurs seem to be afraid of. You, however, don't seem to be afraid of that. I'm, I'm assuming you do very well with no. Well, what's interesting, and I was actually just talking to a potential client before this, is I did an internship in financial advising in college. It'll teach you everything you need to know about learning the word no, asking your parents to buy life insurance from you. It's, it's terrible. But what's interesting is that that is one of, I, I, and this is my opinion, I think it's a muscle of learning to deal with no, of learning to deal with objections and not letting it affect you. And understand at the end of the day, does that matter? Because when you hear no in the present moment, you might be crushed. Man, that sucks. Shit, I really wanted that. But when you lay your head on your pillow at night, do you really care? No, you care about, hey, I'm here with my family. I'm alive. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I have a long day. It doesn't matter anymore. So it, it's very, I, I love what you're saying. And, and I want to dissect one more thing because I know we're, we're running short on time here. But do you think that a source of, of people's unhappiness is starting too many things and not finishing anything? They feel like a failure because... You have all these ambitions, right? But they, they diluted themselves among too many different areas. They don't finish anything and they're back to ground zero. You have to think about why they're not finishing anything because they're, they're determined to fail. They're pre-wired to fail. And now they're setting up all these things to fail. So if I asked you the question, what do you want, Brady? What do you want? What do I want out of life? Well, now, isn't that me funny? Isn't that funny? For people listening to this, you added the part out of life, just to be very clear. Out of life. <laughs> but, right, my, I, I think above all else, my biggest thing is I want freedom. And I understand that's a big word. What does that mean? Just like success, it means something different to every single person. What does that mean for me? It means walking down the streets of Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, me and my wife's favorite spot, with my wife, with my son, eight o'clock in the morning, there's a breeze, there's the sun, we're going to get coffee or breakfast or whatever it might be. And I'm making money, but yeah. I'm doing what I have to do to make money. So I've succeeded financially and professionally, but I'm with the people that I care most about. Good for you. And that, that, that is what I'm after above all else. So when you start to reverse engineer that, of okay, how do I get to that point? Well, I can't, I'm not going to write a book because guess what? 
I have other things that I have to finish right now. Right, but if I, people now decided what they wanted, they wouldn't be doing a hundred things. They'd be getting what they wanted. So you think people don't know what they want? I know they don't. I ask them all the time. I know very clearly. I, Brady, I teach class live every week. Ask me what I want. What do you want, Forbes? I want every day for someone to tell me that I inspired them. Well, you know what? I get that every day in spades, and I work very hard to get it. I don't need a hundred projects to do that. I just need. Have, to you, have you heard it yet today? Uh, well, you can be the thirty-third person. <laughs> okay, you you inspired I did, I me. Talk but, last but... Week. Go for it. Come on. Come on. You, you inspired me, but hey, listen to it tomorrow. I think that's key. And, and again, right, it's reverse engineering because like, what does that mean to you? And how do you get to that point? Oh, actually, here's the beautiful thing. I did an exercise to uncover that. I, what it means to me is that I just touched somebody's heart, is that I did something. I have a reason on the planet outside of me. Mm -hmm. And because of Facebook and emails, I get that all the time because I give, I teach, I work. I do a lot and I love getting that. Forbes, you know what? I mean, I've got massive testimonials. All I have to do is listen to any one of them. And I'm like, you know, you did good, kiddo. You, you didn't, it wasn't all about you. And in the beginning for me, it was. So this is a very big, big leap. Here's another yeah. before we go. I'm talking about a little bit about what I do. So one of the things that I do is I coach people how to pitch. And there's a reason that I've grossed two and a half billion dollars in my career. And as the number one female infomercial host of all time, and I say of all time because there's no more infomercials. I did 194 of them. Hard to get to that number. They're expensive to do. We've, it's unbelievable the, the, the path I went down. I was in the right place at the right time. But I've synthesized the what do you do, the pitch part, into every part of people's lives. So I'll just do a little exercise with you, and hopefully you'll be very impressed. Uh, Brady, when someone asks you what do you do, what do you tell them? I help business owners staff overseas talent. Okay. And so why did you tell me that? because you asked me. <laughs> right, there's a big flaw in that. What if that first moment, see I teach pitching and I think pitching happens the moment you meet somebody. Mm -hmm. The first 55% of a pitch is how you look, which is why we wanna talk about what the impression is that you're leaving on somebody else. Right. And you said you're not doing it to impress them, but you are. To impress upon them who you are. And everything that you do, from your nails to your teeth to your hair, impresses upon someone else who they are talking to. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important thing to do. Now, if you want people to believe that, you know, you're ultra rich and wear a Gucci thing, well, that's your choice. But there are times when you do need to impress somebody for them to make a decision or a move that they, that's what they value. All right, I'll Agreed. play that game if you need to. Agreed. But the next thing is, I have a thing called the $101,000 handshake. You're not going to get that with that pitch. So what if that moment, what do you do, is not about you? I don't think anybody cares what you do. I think they care what you can do for who? For them. For them, exactly. Right. So now if I say that question to you, Brady, what do you do? I would help you save 80% on payroll costs while supplying the exact same talent. Okay. So you missed one level of that. You assume that I've got a company. And so, no, no, seriously. No, no, no. This is great. This is good. This is a good right. exercise. Well, because meet somebody at a networking event. What do you want? So what do you want to, for someone to know about you when they meet you? About me? Well, because... How would they how would they pay you? How would they give you a you want to get a yes? Basically, that's all you want to get is a yes. Right. Get a yes from me. Hey, we're meeting at a party. You'd have no idea who I am. Hey Brady, uh, that's nice to meet you. Cool name. I watched the Brady Bunch when I was a kid. What do you do? <laughs> See, this is a difficult exercise because you know, for me, and this is exactly why I think you do this, because if I'm at a party, I know I'm not gonna pitch you. 
I'm really big on relationships as well. So is that- Oh, oh, see, this is why I love you, Mr. Purist, and I'm going to call you out on the carpet because that's not true. Relationships actually begin with a pitch, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I define pitch different than you do. I don't define pitching as selling. Pitching okay. for me is exciting, engaging, and enrolling. And I'm not going to go to a party if I can't enroll you into who I am. What, am, what else am I doing there? I'd rather sit home and watch TV. So I'm going to enroll you into like me and to want to know what I'm up to and to part of my world because otherwise, why are we here? Right. And a relationship is an enrollment process. And you're only going to enroll with a certain amount of people in your life ever anyway, right? So why not do it on your own terms? You do a very cool service, but you also do something else. It's a podcast that you happen to have, right? No, seriously, think about it. Ask me what I do. What do you do? Uh, I could tell you that I've grossed two and a half billion dollars. I could tell you that I've created the X Games and lots of other television shows. I can tell you that I'm an infomercial host. I can tell you I own a TV studio. None of these are that interesting to you because you know what you're going to do if I tell you any one of those? You're going to be impressed and then you're going to go, wow, what TV, what this? And now I'm talking about things that don't, all right, I can talk about my past. To what end? You can't hire me. Right. I don't win in this conversation. So I don't say any of those things. I don't have time. Now you talk about a relationship. I definitely want a relationship with people. So we're at a party. Ask me again. What do you do? I created the greatest fitness product on the planet. Do you want to see it? <laughs> yes. I got a yes in one sentence, my friend. Give me your thumbs right here. Give me your thumbs. Now here's a really interesting question. I can't touch your hands, but you gave me your thumbs anyway. And I would have you do this at a party. I'd have you punch out some stress. I'd take it away from you. You're going to hand me $40 because you're going to go, wow, how do I get one of those? And before <laughs> you know, we have a relationship. You just bought my fitness product in 90 seconds. Now, here's a little funny thing about the brain. Brady, why did you give me your thumbs? Because I said yes. Yeah, because you're already enrolled into the game that I'm playing. And it's an embedded command. And you did it. Of course you're going to do it. That's the funny thing too. Imagine ans asking a question you already know the answer to all the time. Life is much better when you know the answer to the question you're going to ask. You didn't ask your wife, will you marry me? And hope she says yes, think she might say no. You knew. You pretty much really 110% knew. So you knew the answer, but wasn't it fun to ask the question? It was. Right. Why? If you knew the answer. Because I knew what the end result was going to be already. Bingo. So now you in your life are working, doing whatever you're doing. You could be writing a book, you could be running a company, you could be making shoes. It doesn't matter what you do. What, what is it that you do that will be interesting to the person you're talking to at that moment? And the way you enroll them becomes the relationship. And I'll tell you what, when you perfect that skill, networking becomes a whole nother level. What's interesting, because I'm, I'm gonna throw this out there because you mentioned the podcast. So, I'm in the Nashville area. We have entrepreneurs and podcasts, which is the bigger one, right? Where I'm, I'm interviewing people like you and Mark Randolph and Bradley, et cetera, and, and really extracting that information. But I think kind of, kind of what you're saying is I have another podcast with my business partner for Nashville business owners. And it's the first yes is, hey, I'm on a podcast. Do you want to be a guest? And Bingo. they say, yep, I do. Right. Because so what I know is this podcasting, I've done it for long enough, is free PR for people. Right. They can talk about whatever the hell they want. I'm not going to edit it out and make it a TV you know, interview. It's, it's, it's a podcast. Right. So that's interesting because, you know, you know, and I just realized this, and this is probably why I do this, is half the people that come on the podcast become clients. Oh, you think? Because they trust me already. Because my, my thing is this. My thing is this. I'm, I'm going to get on a podcast with you, something that you probably don't hear a lot or you don't get asked a lot. 
You're going to come on. I'm going to let you talk about yourself or what you believe in and what you care about for an hour. And then we're going to talk business. You already know I can trust me. You know how I operate. You say, hey, this is who Brady is. I can, and just like you said, you can always tell who somebody is by how they conduct themselves, et cetera. So it's interesting because I, I, I never thought about it that way. I always thought about it as, I mean, yes, we're using it for networking, et cetera, but it's interesting. Very interesting. It is interesting. And it makes you more fun at a party because somebody just said yes to you. Exactly. Actually, so what I, yeah. So what I do a lot of, um, you know, it's funny, we talk about the dream it, believe it and achieve it. So I was talking for a long time about the whole role model thing and something that I wanted. I said, how come all the big motivational speakers are men? And I've actually been on a 10X stage with Mr. Bradley and Grant Cardone and Ed Milet and Kevin Harrington and Damon John. I've been there. I had to finagle my way into there and get into Grant's good graces and to do that. I'll tell you what, pretty powerful in front of 10,000 people. But for a while, I was kind of bitching and moaning about this concept. Why was it all men? Why was it all men? Not saying in a mad way, just saying that I think that they need someone like me or they need more women. And with that, in January, Real Summits, this massive platform that gets to 50,000 listeners every month, said, well, would you like to be on our platform? And I thought, oh, that'd be cool because it is Damon John and Les Brown and, and Dr. Martini and a lot of other major speakers. And uh, Prince EA was on there not last month. And the first time I saw the picture, it was me, Jack Canfield, Les Brown, Forbes Riley, Deepak Chopra, Dam there were no other women there. And I remember the moment going, you did it. You did it. You talked about it. You manifested it. And it's right there. Oh. And, and it's funny because Mel Robbins is on the platform with us this month. And I thought, I just wanted it. I put in the work. Mm. I did all the things you need to do, but I had a very specific goal in mind. And I manifested it. I'll tell you something else. The only reason that continues to work is all the work I did last year with my daughter, and that was creating online courses. You know, one of the things that she did with me, she created a whole training called GSD. You know what that stands for? What does that for? Get shit done. <laughs> and so if you are an entrepreneur who doesn't get shit done, who's got five books in this, we decided that we have a system. She and I have put out a course in two days. We've grossed $100,000 a month since we started, and in a very systematic way. And she said, Mom, a lot of your people just talk. Why do I? And she said, remember, she's only 18 right now. She doesn't know any bad mistakes. She only knows from high school how to get eight courses and get A's because someone's sitting on her head. Her why is her mom's going to be mad if you don't bring home a good report card. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, what's your why? Oh, I want to help people. No, it's much different than that. And if it's just to feed your family, then you're not doing it right either. Right. So, for example, we every month, she's created a course. We created a course a month, launched it, sold it to hundreds and hundreds of people. First one was GSD and ebook. Because everybody needs to get out their thoughts and ideas in a little pamphlet, a little book. This is what my manifesto is. And we have four weeks and you do it. You literally end with an ebook. Next one, everybody's got a course in their head. And if you don't, you should. Nobody should die with their information in their head. Get some course out. You do something better than anybody else. Even if it's break, bake a chocolate brownie or fold your underwear. If you do that really well, teach what you know. I just got my piano tuner from the old country to create a course because he does no errors. And if he goes away with all this knowledge in his head, it would be such a shame to lose that, right? Right. But how about getting a course written, break, you know, conceived, brainstormed, done, executed, and launched in four weeks? This last month was four weeks, was GSD a funnel. This week is GSD your email list. Next week is GSD a hire, how to hire people in different countries. My 18-year-old has now got hundreds of students. And if you guys want to know where it is, it's called gsdwithforbes.com. I still like to own the company. But oh my gosh, all of a sudden, People who had dreams in their heads are no longer entrepreneurs, but successful business people. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I love doing. Because you know what? They all tell me that I inspired them. And that makes you happy. 
It does. At the end of the very day. Happy. No, I think it's very powerful. I, I think, you know, GST, get shit done. There's too many uh, thinking, too much thinking about what needs to be done and too much paralysis by analysis. And I, and I was guilty of that as well, right? Where there's a lot to be done, but guess what? I wasn't focused on one thing. I was trying to do too many different things and I wasn't fish, finishing anything because I wasn't even starting. I didn't know where to start. Because and nobody gave you a system. This is what I think, you know, she's been coming to events with me for decades or her, in her case, almost two decades. Almost two decades. And <laughs> you hear speakers on stages, you go to these conferences and everyone's like, blah, 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 great idea, great idea, great. And you come back and you're filled with, I can do it, I'm wonderful, but where's the system to get it done? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we've decided. I don't really, I don't, how do I just give you the system? Just give you the map. Tell you, you want to go to New York? Here, don't, I know you could go Southern route or around to China. Go this route and don't get off the freeway at all until it's done. And I'll give you a time limit. I'll give you an accountability partner. And then, you know what? Take it one step further. I have a whole fitness side of my life. In fact, this is one of my many books, but it's an eat journal. And the funny thing in here is there's very few words in the book because you actually have a whole system if you bite it, write it. Okay? Well, I have a new diet program. Want to hear my diet program? Brady, I don't care what you eat. There's no diet in there. Diet for me means decisions I eat today. So I don't really care what you eat. You can eat anything you want on my diet. But how much weight would you like to lose? Pick a, pick a number. You don't necessarily have to, but let's say it's 10 pounds, right? 10 pounds. Let's say have 10 you ever pounds. lost 10 pounds before? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to do it? Mm-hmm. Could you do it in four weeks? Mm-hmm. Okay, why do you want to do it? Because I want to feel better about myself. Yeah, that's so nice. But I'll tell you what, Brady, I want you to be successful too. So you want to play a game with me? Let's play a game. I'll guarantee that you lose 10 pounds in a month. Ready? Okay. Okay. I have a bank account. Put $5,000 in there. If you don't lose the 10 pounds, that goes to charity. If it doesn't, you go back to you. How are you going to do on your diet over this month, Mr. Brady? You know, it's hard because charity is a good thing. That's true. <laughs> but, you know what? I'm going to, uh, no, so I'm sorry. I'll keep your money. It's you my go. money now. You, you, you're giving somebody something to lose at this point. Baby, here's that. I will tell you, I guarantee you will lose the 10 pounds. I guarantee that you will wake up every morning, literally every morning going, oh my God. Okay, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go to the gym today. Why? Well, be, I don't feel like going to the gym. Yes, I do. $5,000. I have to go to the gym. And I don't care what your pain point is. And now I can't say charity anymore. Screw it. I'll keep the money. Because I, I don't want to keep your money, but I'll tell you what. I want you to fight so hard that I will if you don't do what you said you're going to do. And yep. what if that was the big secret? So you want to write a book? In a month, you think you can do it. I mean, I'm not pushing you. You want six weeks. Okay, you're going to write a book in six weeks. If you don't write it, that $5,000 in the bank account goes to me. Every single day, you will focus like you've never focused before. What's interesting is I I think this conversation is coming full circle because I I think that's tied back into your environment, right? If you say to yourself, hey, I have, you know, $100. Let's just make it $100,000, whatever. Whatever that number is that makes you uncomfortable, I'm going to lose it if I don't get shit done and okay, how do I frame my environment and my thinking to where I can get shit done? I will tell you, you don't even have to think about it. You will find a way. You will find a way. So it's, it's interesting. It's, It's giving people, you know, people have an incentive to start something, but there's never an incentive to finish. And I think that's the issue is, is anybody can start an Amazon business or an e-com store, you know, a course, whatever the case might be. But how many unfinished products or services are out there? And you know, it's interesting. This is with podcasting. I'm a a big fan of Travis Chappell. I've had him on my podcast. He's interviewed a lot of big names as well. He kind of helped me get into podcasting as well. But he says, you know, there's a million podcasts on Apple Podcasts, et cetera. But I'm thinking, 
half of those haven't released an episode since 2017 because they started it and there was no incentive to keep going or to finish. So, I'm going to start the $5,000 club. You tell me what you want. I'll give you a little inspiration. You can meet me four times. And if you don't, I get to keep you five grand. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, people are going to get stuff done all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think people, it's, it's that incentive that I think people lack and people, I, I think one, people don't know what they want. So they'll start something that knowing what the end result's going to be. But I think it's, Hey, let me help you understand what you want. And I'm going to help you get it done. And that's I something that. that you, you, that's very hard to teach. You need an accountability. And, and that's why I, I believe in accountability partners. I believe in coaches. I believe in mentors because these are people who have probably been in your shoes. I'm sure you've been through a stage where you've said to yourself, I do not want to finish this. I don't want to do this, but guess what? You did it. And now the whole thing is I'm going to help you do what I did so that you don't screw up because there, I think there's a lot of people out there. They always say, don't be the smartest person in the cemetery. Don't be the richest person in the cemetery. Like take advantage of this life, whether you believe in, you know, God in the afterlife or whatever that case might be, like do what you can in this life to live it to its fullest potential. And a lot of people struggle because they think that, okay, you know, I'm uncomfortable. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it in an hour. Well, I'll tell you what, not in my world. And so I do have to, I do have to get going. I have a heart out. I will tell you that if you, uh, I still teach a class live every Sunday called Pitch Secrets Masterclass. I started in the middle of COVID and I'm going to every Sunday for two hours. If you guys want to be entertained in a Zoom room with a couple hundred people and learn some real actionable skills, mm. you go to www Pitch Secrets Masterclass and I will be there. Or just go to ForbesRiley.com, my name.com. Everything is there that I do. And Brady, I'll tell you what, it, it's kind of fun to have somebody at your age getting this information, passing this information on. Uh, because you are wiser than a lot of people that I meet at your age. So congratulations on Thank that. You. And I see Appreciate a very you. bright future. And wouldn't it be funny when your son walks in and he's 18 years old? Remember that. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, that, that, that is crazy to think about. But no, what, what we'll do, we'll, we'll link everything in the description of the podcast Good. so that my audience can check it out and uh, join you on Sundays. And I'll probably be joining me as well because it's interesting. It's a lot of things that you don't know what you don't know, right? So I, I think hearing from someone who's done two and a half billion dollars in sales Obviously, there's stuff that we don't know because we haven't been to that point. So I have had, you know, I've had some of the best mentors that ever lived. Jack Lalane was my mentor for a long time. We grossed a billion dollars together. You know, Body by Jake, uh, unbelievably successful people. You know, Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington. Les Brown is my personal speaking coach, and he's been that way for 20 years. We get on the phone once a week. Um, when you learn from the best, you don't have a choice. That's exactly. what you, you don't have a choice. Forbes, I know you got a hard stop. Thank you for being on. Is there any last words you want to say to my audience? Yeah, just one. I love the fact that they're listening to you. I think that you're an awesome role model. I'm, it's hard to remember my babies at eight months. When I was there, there was no social media. And I think life has changed. I do think that you have to stop being anything other than what you are. And that embrace your uniqueness. Find your talent. Find your purpose. And don't stress about it. You know, I, I, it's so funny. I didn't find my fitness product till I was in my 40s. And I, it's, you don't need to find it right now. You need to live your life. You need to eat food and hang out and, and love on people and, and get broken hearts and just enjoy this gift of life and stop trying to be anything other than what you are. Yep. That's be my... unapologetically you at the end of the day. So Forbes, this is awesome. I can't wait for this episode to release. Um, guys, like, subscribe, reach out to Forbes if you have any questions. Very responsive. You responded to me very quickly. So yeah, thank well, you so you much know, for coming on. I, we, we are all in my company. We have a very powerful culture. 
We give more than we get, and then we get more than you would ever imagine. I love it. I love it. Well, Forbes, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited for this to release. Bye, and thank you guys. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Forbes. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneurism Podcast. We post episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 a.m. Central Time. We would greatly appreciate if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I'm Brady Morgan, your host. We'll see you next time.